Welcome to Drunk on Comics, episode 260. Tony here, giving you a recap of what's been going on in the last week in the lives of myself and Linz. Uh Like we do every year, we usually take the next weekend off from Motor City Comic Con from doing our regular podcast. This is really the only time in the year that we kind of do that, just to recoup, as well as give me some time to edit all the many interviews that we got on the con floor. This year, we got so much content that we're probably going to have three full episodes of interviews, which is great, but also clipping them together is a little pain in the butt. But with no particular order, in this first episode, we have interviews with Dirk Manning, which I have to say is probably one of the best interviews we have ever done to date with him. And you know how many times he's been on the show. We have Tracy Watkins from Sketching Time Productions, which, walking around the con floor, I just had to stop at his table. His artwork was so compelling that I needed to try to get an interview with him, which turned out pretty great. And people really, really, really need to check out his website to see what I'm talking about. Linz went and talked to Nick Selleck from Awkward Yeti and talked about their comic, Heart and Brain. We also then got a chance to talk to Chris Burnham of The Nameless and what it's like working with Grant Morrison. We then found out Dirk stole our microphone and we are going to leave it at the end just mainly because we just didn't get a chance to really talk about any of his books in his first interview, so we'll let him plug some stuff at the end of this episode. But sit back, relax, grab a something to drink, and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, Episode 260, Interviews from Motor City Comic Con, Part 1. to a man who needs no introduction, Dirk Manning, a man who can never stop talking. I thought you said he didn't need an introduction. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Fucked up already. Let's just stop this interview, and that will be the whole interview. But no, no, Dirk. You, uh, you, you'll notice I haven't said a word yet, for the record. <laughs> I'm just letting them go. Well, Dirk, how have you been, man? Good, good. You know, I've got, uh, been busy, been on the road. You know, I'm on the last, uh, last stretch of the, uh, the unrest in the Midwest. 2017 tour. Um, really looking forward to uh, wrapping up the tour because I uh, got some books coming out I'm pretty excited about. Well, that's cool, but I mean, besides books, I mean, everyone can read books, but I mean, right. sometimes there's TV shows and movies that we like to, to sometimes see. Have you seen anything good lately? Um, I don't get to watch a ton of TV. Um, I did finish um, Luke Cage. And then I finished. Um, How do you else? like the soundtrack of Luke Cage? What'd you think? It was, it was good. On the music. Yeah, yeah, no, it was cool. I liked it. And then I just watched Iron Fist. I kind of enjoyed. A lot. Of, Iron Fist got a lot of hate, but I liked it. You know, um, I was excited about Luke Cage though because it was really nice to see like uh, a street level, non crazy, super powered black hero. Because you know, like Tales of Mystery, that's something I really try to work in my books and stuff. Right, so, right. so have you seen the new Alien movie yet? I know you love horror movies. Uh, I, I have not. Um, it just came out. It just so came yeah, out. You're working, um, I, guess. I don't get to movie theaters very often. Um, it just gets tough. You know, it's tough for me to kind of get to movies and things like that. It's almost like you need to take a whole day to just watch ten movies in a row. Yeah, I, I try to do something. I mean, honestly, like when I'm not writing, like Sunday morning, like when I'm just catching up on email or something. If I'm if I'm not on the road. I'll like watch a movie, get the old school creature feature, which then really helps inform a lot of my work. Well, what's the last thing that you've watched? Oh gosh, um, I don't know if I should say that. Well, I can do that. Uh, I and there was an old 1980s television series called Werewolf, and it was one of the first ever shows on the fledgling Fox Network at the time. And uh, it's never been released on DVD, to my knowledge, or anything like that. But I was able to uh, procure copies of that to relive that, 
which was cool because, you know, again, watching shows like that really helps inform a lot of my work, you know, and it kind of puts me in that mind frame so I can start writing. You know? I know, but sometimes you need, like, the brain food. Like, you know, what, what's your favorite restaurant to eat at? Like, you've been around so much. I mean, and I know that you're not eating fast food anymore. You've been slimming down quite a bit in the last year. Svelte. Svelte. Um, well, thank you. I did. I lost... I... I what it was when I did that uh, 20, 24 shows in 18 weeks or whatever it was, that does that wrecked my health. And I did have to drop some poundage. <laughs> um, favorite restaurant? Uh, I'm a hamburger guy. You know, honestly, I like a good hamburger. Uh, no, be- no vegetables. I don't eat vegetables. Da- da- um, Zero vegetables. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a hamburger guy, a pizza guy, believe it or not. Ice cream guy, obviously. I usually have a fondness for tacos. I... I, 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 I Here's a true fact. Um, I, I make very good tacos. My tacos are phenomenal. So these awesome tacos that you make—meat, vegetables, tomatoes, lettuce. No, no, no. You, like you said, no vegetables. <laughs> it's funny, actually. Um, the introduction to Tales Mystery Volume well, Three. Like, you know, we've talked about your main courses, though. But you've also talked about ice cream. Like, what's your favorite kind of ice cream? Um, Jenny's ice cream in Columbus. Mm. Uh, Fantastic. No Fantastic. I mean, <laughs> Moomers in Traverse City is also very, very good. Original Chinatown uh, Ice Cream Factory is good. Um, but Jenny's is, I think, my favorite ice cream. Uh, Victor Dandridge is a comic creator. Him and I actually talked about doing like a signing at Jenny's. They wanted to have us do comic Sundays. Well, what, so what, what kind of flavor do you like? Um, I'm a chocolate guy. Yeah. You know, dark, like my soul. You know, like a lot of the books I write are dark. So well, I mean, a should... lot of people in the nerd realm know you for one particular thing and one particular thing only. Right, right, right. Your, is that your, writing horror comics? It's maybe? your love for wrestling. <laughs> yeah, you, you talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one thing that I always hear you talk about. And and I want to know just your thoughts on WrestleMania in the in the realm of WWE right now. Yeah, um, you know, um, it's interesting. Uh, you know, Finn Balor's back, which is exciting. That is exciting. I, I'm really curious if they're going to keep the strap on Brock Lesnar this whole time. The rumor mill, of course, has been Lesnar goes against Reigns next Mania for the belt. Just, I, I, I'm I, not seeing it. I love Reigns. as like I, I feel bad for him so much because they keep pushing him in one way. Right. Like, But the whole thing with the taker was kind of disappointed. And then him just being like, he could have turned into a heel. And it yes. could have been great for him then. But then he was like all apologetic and then... He got an ambulance flipped on him. But then what they're doing with Strowman, where they mm-hmm. had him lose finally, so they built him up, lose, but then he can lift over an ambulance, so they're making him strong again. Right. The writers there really need someone like of caliber writing to somehow get on pace with them. And I don't know anyone in my friendship group who could do <laughs> something as well. You know, it's one thing to write. I mean, people have asked me all the time about if I ever wanted to write for WWE. And... Um, there's a lot of egos and real people involved. Like my new book, Love Stories to Die For, I actually would wrote you, would, a wrestling story in that. Would you ever to, have a character that you feel like you could do within the ring? Killing him. Like, 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 be a wrestler? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, I've actually managed my buddies. Um, I, I've done managing work in wrestling before. Um, you, as you probably know. I mean, we've, I've been showing up. You know, I'm a martial arts instructor, so. Um, yeah, I, 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 I have some ideas for it. Um, if I ever do a sequel to that wrestling story I was trying to talk about in Love Stories to Die For, I could probably work that character in. Because the two characters in the story right now, um, I, I'm... Have you ever seen The Preacher Show? I mean, I, I remember vividly seeing you within a small trailer going up to it. How did that work out? Yeah, you know, I like <laughs> comics. I write comics, as maybe some people out there might be aware. Um, I, and, I, uh, I never knew this about you. Yeah, you yeah. Know, the yeah. one thing is, you know, I love coming to these conventions, seeing our con family, and one of the things we love to do afterwards, besides just hanging out with them, is do a karaoke battle, which yes. you have turned into a wrestling phenomenon amongst yeah. all the places that we've gone to. What, yeah. what do you have to say to all of the haters out there that don't think you should have the belt? You know, heavy is the head that wears the crown, you know? <laughs> I mean, we win. That's what we do. Uh, I'm going to be at Cherry Capital Comic Con next weekend. Uh, 
Oh, and I have to, I feel that you have to address with the Preacher thing. I was in like one of the trailers for Preacher. I got to go see an advanced screening in Columbus. Uh, and then I went to Jenny's Ice Cream, where I'm hoping to do a signing someday, but I guess we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> no, because so, hey, so karaoke, I mean. Karaoke, um, that's this, fine. Is this going to be a house show for you then? Like, you're not going to put up the belt? You know, I mean, you know I'm at a Comic-Con right now, right? I'm just <laughs> saying, but that's about, fine. Let's talk about music for All right, all right, fine, fine. <laughs> all right, uh, karaoke, yeah. We do karaoke. Uh, Dan Dory and I are uh, Satellite Clint, the number one comic book creator. Comic book creator karaoke band on earth we do karaoke but that's secondary to the fact that we write comics um that you know we usually come on shows like your guys we talk about it a little bit you know and um dan actually did the introduction to tales of mystery volume three like i was trying to say earlier called all meat no vegetables he's a really big fan of mystery and then got him to do some stuff for for uh, nightmare world so we do karaoke but we also you know, create comics well uh, one of the things though is like when you get into your mind of like a creative process what kind of music do you listen to when you're just at home just trying to think of those dark thoughts do you have a little mbop yeah, going um, or Adele, Adele 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 yeah I'm a big fan of Adele yeah. uh, Kaylin Smith another comic book creator uh, can testify to the fact that uh, I listen to a lot of Adele and you name an Adele song, it probably start singing it. Oh my God! Uh, but I will never That's karaoke. Why cha- I, I will never. Accepted. I'll never karaoke Adele <laughs> because. Adele is where karaoke singers go to die. Yeah, that's fair. You can't karaoke Adele. You sing Adele privately yeah. in your car with no one around. <laughs> um, it depends on the work. Um, a lot of Tales of Mystery Volume 2 was written to uh, the Civil Wars album, which is... The Civil Wars are a great band. They're a great band. Poison uh, and Wine and all this. and I think it's... I'm blanking on the song right now, but... It's very folksy, which a lot of people may not put that folksy acoustic boy-girl music with Tales of Mystery, which is this horror book. Well, something that people may not know about you, but they might a little bit, is that you used to to write and follow bands around and write articles on them. That's true. What was the favorite band that you ever saw or that you were able to, in person, like get an interview with? Um, I did do music journalism for about 10 years before I started writing comics, which I've been doing for over 10 years now. (laughs) Horror books mainly, but... um, the uh, the band that I interviewed that made me quit music journalism to write comics, which I'd like to talk about at some point, uh, since I'm taking time away from my table right now, <laughs> is uh, um, Mike Patton of Faith No More and Mr. Bungle. Oh, nice. Yeah, I interviewed Mike Patton in person, and then I quit music journalism and started writing comics. And I actually have... Um, Four new comics at my table right now. Well, one of the things, Dirk, before we get going, because we, we got to wrap this up. Wait, before what? Before we get going, we got to wrap this up soon. I mean, we've taken we enough of your time. we got a lot of stuff time. to do. We've taken enough right. of your time. <laughs> right, um, right. Where can people find you? I mean, you're all over. I, I, I am. Um, wow, okay. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm i Motor City Comic Con right now. We're at H20, H20, like the water. I'll be at Cherry Capital Comic Con Memorial Day weekend, as you mentioned, defending the karaoke tag team championship. The comic book creator... Tag Team Championship. Dan Doherty and I will be there. Seth the Moose will be there. A lot of great creators. Tony Milo. Um, you know, comic creators that normally when we talk about creating comics on the show. So, you know. Um, weekend after that, I'll be at Wizard World Philadelphia. Uh, also selling comics uh, for four days. Uh, and then I'm going to take a little time off the road Actually, I got a lot of new stuff coming out that um, after I'm off the road for a minute after Philly, uh, several new titles that are going to be coming out. Um, well, for Dirk, example, I, I hear that you're like pretty busy, and so right, you don't want to take this, more of your time. This, so, Dirk, thank you so much okay. for everything yeah. and this yeah, great well, interview. It, it is always a pleasure, and um, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks. All right, so going through the convention floor, I come upon a lot of good art, and I am just amazed right now at the booth I'm in front of, Tracy Watkins, I'm just floored. You are very talented, and all this stuff is great. I can't even pick which one. I think the Skeletor that you just did, though, that's new. That's that's pretty awesome. Thank you. But I kind of want to get to know a little bit about you and, and your art style, as well as how long you've been in the business and everything like that. So give our listeners some thoughts on who you are and what you do. Yeah, I'm Tracy Watkins. It's uh, Sketching Time Productions. It's a um, basically 
<clears throat> I am a fan artist, and I'm doing a lot of commission work, but um, nothing that's really big published, you know, as far as like with the, uh, the Marvel, DC, and all of that, you know, universe. But been doing this since I was a little kid. I'm actually, this is me coming back home because I live in Austin, Texas, but I grew up here in Michigan uh, around the uh, Wayne Westland area and uh, always fiddling, drawing, you know, watching cartoons. Um, and I just never stopped. I, I would draw some simple stuff like Peanuts uh, to Garfield to Thundercats. It just kept going and going and going. So I'm now at a point where I do, you know, realism. And, um, yeah. and yeah, and the realism really shows. Like from the Optimus Prime, like it looks like a real fucking Transformer portrait <laughs> that you've taken. Right. And and everything else, like the Superman right here, fucking looks like Superman is on the page. And Thank your you. your art is just amazing. Where when did you start drawing in the style? As you're saying, you were kind of drawing Garfield and stuff, some more cartooniness. When did you get into the realism? Um, I got into doing. I guess I've always been kind of playing with that, um, so I can't really tell you when I kind of went in that direction. I was always playing around with it, but I would actually have to say when um, when somebody asked me to do, you know, an animal or uh, a commission of uh, somebody that has passed. I put a different cap on, you know, I put a different hat on. I'm trying to give now the attention. I, I have a saying, I call it, it's got to be wall worthy. If it's wall worthy, um, I've done my, I've done my job. If you walk up in multiple pieces of art and it's hard to pick and choose, I've done my job. Yep. And there's, I know a lot of people who, uh, they're very talented, um, they either are lacking in imagination or they're lacking in a style that fits that character um and i just like i said since i was a little kid i've studied watched paid attention i didn't go to any type of um you know professional school or anything i, I went through the regular you know school system um always ahead in art class um and, i would hope by seeing this yeah yeah and um yeah it, it's I love it, and I think the passion really shows in that, um, you know, and it could be something as silly as a character that I don't really care for, and then I can turn it and have fun with it, you know, and that's the thing. I, I've learned a long time ago, have fun with it, and the passion will come through. If it's a job, and it's work, you will see that come through too, mm -hmm. you know, so... Try to make it fun out of all of it. I haven't even seen Beauty and the Beast. That's one of my newer prints. And, you know, I just got a compliment on, wow, your softness of her and the detail on him. You know, it's just, I'm like, cool. I, I, and I've done my job. So Now, Sketchy Time Productions, when did you go that route to have your own production place? That was uh, in the, at the end of 2012. 2012. Um, and I was... Um, like I said, drawing out of the house, and um, a friend of mine pulled me out. Um, he probably spent a year on me trying to get me to see some of my art because I wouldn't show it to him. We'd come to Comic Cons like this and hang out. Every time he'd go to Artist Alley, I would U-turn. And he goes, where are you going? How come every time we go into Artist Alley, you leave? And I'm like, uh, eh. I never answered the question. And then he, he said, you're an artist, aren't you? You gotta be. And I said, um, I guess so, you know. <laughs> so that conversation started. Then it led to, I want to see your stuff. I want to see your stuff. I want to see your stuff. And I wouldn't show it. I would never show it. And then finally, I showed him one piece. And then he told me, draw something that you would give to somebody as a gift. And I did a Batman. And he was blown away by it. And the rest is history, you know. Um, he, he took me out. We did a show in Dallas, nothing like this. It was a small show. It was uh, at a hotel, I think it was a Holiday Inn. They had a banquet room. And um, I think I had five drawings, maybe. And I, I can remember him laughing because when we were walking in, I said, he says, what's wrong? I guess I, you, you could see the look on my face. I was kind of nervous. 
And he's like, what's wrong? I said, I hope they like it. You know, and he was laughing at me. You know, and he says, just wait, just wait. You know, this style, traditional art, it's a dying art. It's dying. And there's a lot of people doing digital. Digital is cool. It's, it's a cool thing. Um, there are very few people, for me personally, in the digital world that floor me. Okay, but um, they're still out there, and they they motivate me. And let me know if you have any questions. They motivate me and keep me going, you know. And I see some of their stuff, and I'm like, holy cow, you know. Um, and it's cool when they turn around and they go, man, this is awesome. Um, I got uh, there's a video game company uh, in Austin, uh, Blizzard. Yep, Blizzard Entertainment. And you know, I walk into their lobby. And yeah, it's all digital work, but I'm like, whoa! I mean, this is crazy. It's it's like that's that's just being those trees, you know, and I, it looks real, you yeah. know, and that's their job, you know, to bring the a a 3D idea or 4D, you can really call it, uh, on a uh, one-dimensional, you know, window or paper or whatever, you know. So. so then how many conventions have you gone since then? Like, have you gotten around the circuit? Have you gone to a lot of bigger ones, smaller ones? What's your experience like at Comic-Cons? I love Comic-Cons. Um, it's it's home for me. It's coming home because, uh, you know, the fans, I'm a fan, you know, and I, I get into, you know, X-Men and Spider-Man and, you know, Batman, Superman, and, you know, all of that stuff, I, you know, it, it's in my pores. So coming and being in this environment, to me, it's a lot of fun. It's, like I said, uh, I, I love it. Now, I've been doing is, I'm guessing the last year I slowed down doing shows. Uh, the year before that, I was all over the place. Um, I've done shows on the East Coast like Philly. I've done Chicago. Obviously, this show is Motor City. This is, you know, home for me coming back. I didn't do it last year, but I'm back again. I'm loving it. Um, done uh, West Coast, uh, Washington, or not Washington, it was in um, uh, Oregon, uh, Portland out there, and then um, uh, Hawaii, you know, oh, went out Hawaii. to Hawaii, yeah, you know, and uh, I've done Hawaii a couple, couple of times. It, it's just amazing to me, the fans and all the people that, you know, follow me on Facebook and, you know, I, 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 I keep telling everybody the same thing. If I don't have it, wait for it it's coming it's just a time for me i gotta get it down and um one of the ones i'm working on is back at the house uh which is not out here and a few people have been twisting my arm for the last few years and they come up where is it and i'm like oh just hold on hold on well i finally gave a snippet of it on facebook and it's doctor who you know and you know, people are like, wow, and cheering me on, and I can't wait for that to be done, and all. And I'm like, cool, cool, you know. Um, I love it. Like, yeah, I, we're in a time period, you you know this, it's awesome. Yes, it's awesome. It's no longer to be afraid to be a nerd. It is the coolest stuff. thing. If you had asked me when I was a kid, would, you know, we'd have DC TV, would we have... You know, Netflix with all those shows and, you know, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Gotham and, you know, and then all the movies. I mean, we got, come on, we got another, we got Wonder Woman finally coming. Um, and then we got uh, the Spider-Man movie yeah. coming. And then we got another, you know, we got Thor Ragnarok. And, and I'm like, if, if my head doesn't explode by the time December 15th, Star Wars, you know, the next Star, <laughs> yeah. you know, if my head doesn't explode, you know, I... Like I said, I love it. We're in an awesome time to celebrate pop culture, the superhero culture, the horror culture. Things that used to be in their own section are now mixed into pop culture. You know, I saw a lady earlier walking by, Freddy Krueger. She's dressed as Freddy Krueger, you know, and I'm like, pretty cool. You know. Now, one of the things, we talk to a lot of artists, and, you know, different people have their different styles. Some are more cartoony. Like I said, yours is more realistic. And some people are also mainly just doing their own art um, or doing uh, portraits of other things. Uh -huh. Have you done any of your own original, like, come up with concepts, and have you ever put that out in yes. the nerd sphere? Yes. Uh, share a real quick story. A guy last year 
I'm going to back up. That guy actually waited probably longer than a year for me to do a drawing for him. He explained to me what he was looking for. He wanted a monster to scare his grandkids. They like <laughs> monsters. And he has a fireplace. He does not use the fireplace, so the ark was going to go right in front of that fireplace. So I started thinking, and I came up with this idea. I kicked it to him, and he said, go for it. That sounds awesome. So it's totally out of my head what I'm about to show you. It's totally mine, all mine. From front to back, from start to finish, this dragon. That is killer. The scales, the horns, the shadows, the flame. He loved it. I brought the claw around the corner. You know, the wings are all there folded up. Um, yeah, that's, that's... That, that is art. Thank you. That is, I mean, you know, when people say, you know, they're just sketches or this, that. No, this is Artist Alley because you guys are artists. And this stuff is, I mean, okay, there's, you know, the Da Vinci's and, and, yeah. and, and you yeah. know, and the, you know, Van Gogh's and all those that have their old art in museums. But right. I, I see someday this sort of stuff being in actual museums because this is the encompassing of this time now. Like, right. we are in a time period of, like I said, the nerd explosion. Yeah. And this I could see hanging somewhere and just being like mesmerized Thank you. by just the look of the dragon and like you said even that claw coming around yeah. that's beautiful. Thank you. So that's what it's about for me. Um, I hope I've answered everything and oh, yeah. if you have any other questions or anything I I, um, I love this stuff. I mean it's a lot of fun and um, seeing all the people come out and I love when the kids come up and do the, this is pencil. I'm like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. You know, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, listeners, uh, go to Sketching Time Productions. Definitely check out the work. Are you on Twitter and Facebook? Can people find you on there? I'm on Facebook. Look for Tracy Watkins slash Sketching Time. And there's a picture of Bane. Okay. And that's that's me. Um, and the, uh, the website is sketchingtime.com. And uh, right now it's a gallery, but it will be, it's coming to where you will be able to get art and I'm actually looking at doing something with Facebook as well so that you can um, actually order from that website. So you don't actually have to go straight to my website. And uh, we're, we're going to jazz it up. It's going to be fun. You know, it's going to be different uh, stuff going on all the time. Um, we just did a video. Normally, I run video at my, sh at my show. Um, this time, I, I didn't. Uh, but, you know, we, we put this video together. I'm blown away by it. I, also, I actually i am going to be scoring the music to it. Uh, I play. Uh, I play guitar, and I've, I've done some keyboard work before and all of that. And, you know, right now, I can't tell you what music we put on there because it's, it's not ours, you know. But I'm going to do mine. So I'm going to give you another window, you know, into a world that a lot of people only know me for this. People who knew me back in high school knew this other side of me. I was long hair, playing rock and roll and all of that stuff, you know. But it's interesting how it all comes together, you know. And uh, like I said, it, I love it. I, I, you know. Well, I love it, it too. And thank you. Thank you so much for the interview, man. Thank you. It's, it's thank amazing you. work. All right. Enjoy your rest of the show. Will thank do. you. I'm here with Nick from Offer Yeti. Yeah, so we have a game here too. Yes, what do you do on all of this? Well, let's talk. What is this? Let's yeah. talk about this. Okay, real quick. Uh, the Awkward Yeti uh, features the more popular series Heart and Brain, and it, it's a comic about the kind of classic odd couple dichotomy between the heart and the brain. And uh, yeah, I write the comics, I illustrate the comics, and I uh, develop the game Organ Attack that's kind of based on the comics. Okay. And, um, it has, it's a medical themed card game that's medically accurate but very fun and uh, casual. Alright, so how these are graphic novels or, yep. Okay. Uh, comic collection. Okay. Yep. So do, they, do you always put them out in book form or do you publish them online at all? Uh, I put everything online. Uh, when I do the books for my publisher I'll, I'll throw in probably uh, five dozen new comics that are exclusive okay. to the books. But pretty much, uh, for the most part, I'm posting online, and you know, it's free content on social media, Facebook, Twitter, okay. Instagram. So what drew you to this subject? Uh, 
subject matter, this dichotomy between the uh, feelings and your your, your uh, logical brain. Yeah, uh, I think uh, it probably has a lot to do with my psychology background. That's what okay. I went to school for, and um, and as an introvert, you tend to think inside the box. So. Yes. Uh, <laughs> right it, there with you. Yeah, so I just started uh, exploring that whole thing, exploring the decisions and, um, you know, what keeps me from doing certain things okay. and, and and what might drive me to be better about doing more impulsive things, spontaneous things, fun things. Nice. So has this helped you in becoming more extrovert? Oh, totally. Yeah? Yeah, I, I would say uh, comics... I'm not. I'm probably not alone in this. When I, it's like a self therapy a lot of the times. My original character was the awkward yeti, and he was this big, bumbling, introverted guy. It was, and it was really an exaggeration of my introversion. And not that introversion goes away, nor do you want it to go away. It just helps you uh, recognize certain things about your personality that you might be able to, to adjust to right. function outside of your uh, books and TV. Uh, so how does, with being an introvert, uh, how is yeah. doing cons like this and selling, are you done with the weekend and like, oh my god, I just need to recover for um, a week, or I, is it I've, a struggle? It can be a struggle. I've gotten a lot better at it, yeah, okay. and uh, having books published, you know, my first one was a New York Times bestseller, so they put me on a tour the next year, Fancy. and I was fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> a little name drop there. Yeah. Uh, but I, uh, I was forced to be in front of people on my tour a lot and speak in front of people and it made a huge difference for me and this was just like last fall but yeah being at conventions and it's just the repetition of it the you get the practice in you get better at it um so how did you you said you that you were a psychology major i was yeah. you got your degree in psychology i did so what made you switch from that or do you still do stuff in psychology i never actually went into psychology i just had my uh degree in it and uh, I've been that cartooning. Helps when you do comic books, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been a cartooning since I was a kid. You know, it's always been my passion. But after college, I, I really wanted to figure out a way back into art. And I, like many people, went into graphic design as sort of my what I thought could be art and making a living. And it just really was not for me. It's still very guided by salespeople, and you know, it's very business oriented. And I didn't feel like I was creating original work with it. So what made you want to do the, the art online free first and then publish it? Um, I think uh, it's just the, a better format for getting it done now because you have to prove yourself to the audience and you can also use it as an opportunity like I did to grow with the audience. And uh, you know, with syndicated strip like they used to do with the newspapers, uh, I mean they still do but not as much. Uh, it was, uh, you know, you, you were stuck with one thing, but online you can you can adapt. So I, when I first started, I just did a little of everything. I did stuff about planets and organs and yetis and dinosaurs, whatever I felt like making a comic about. And then, yeah, just kind of developed with what the fans liked and what we were enjoying together. Do you find that um, your biggest fans, even though they get all of your work, they still come and buy all of your books and are these adorable little brains yours as well yeah the, the plush the plush toys the, the game yeah they they love to uh, interact with the brand in that way and a lot of the, t the stuff that we make is by request people like badge reels we have a lot of uh, medical people that are fans um so badge reels for the hospitals and uh, they they wanted it so <laughs> You gotta give them what they want. Yeah, it's a really nice way to, to connect on a, in that physical level. Um, so let's talk about this game for a minute. Yeah. Organ attack. What what sort of game? Like, what would you compare this to if you were gonna compare it to a game that people know? You know, honestly, I I don't really know if there's a, a, a close enough comparison um, that I that I know of anyway. Uh, but I can explain generally how it works. Let's so, do it. okay, so you distribute uh, the organ deck to everybody uh, that's playing. It's between two and six players, and the point of the game is to remove your opponent's organs before they remove yours. And you do that by playing corresponding afflictions on them. So, thyroid, for example, you could play hyperthyroidism or thyroiditis, and when you get two afflictions on it, you remove it. And, and so that's the basic 
uh, piece of gameplay, and then on top of that, you have a lot of standard types of actions like skip, which would be a sedate or a narcolepsy, and then you have uh, immunity boost, which would be like a block. Um, so it makes it uh, pretty fun. There's a lot of instant play cards, so it's uh, pretty fast-paced, really quick to learn. Uh, gets very strategic towards the end. You, I, people do notice that after you've played a few rounds, um, strategy does matter. Yeah. So. Does it cause people to rage when flip tables? That's what uh, I need yes, to know. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> That's one of the things I hear a lot is how angry they are. Is that a good tabletop which I love. game unless somebody rage quits eventually? Yeah. I'll, I'll be at PAX doing demos and we're still like playing intensely by day three. Wow. Yeah. So what... So you do comics, and then one day you just woke up and were like, I think I want to do a game, too. Pretty much. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I went for a run and was just thinking, I need, I want to do a new project that's different. And I came up with the basic mechanics of the game just on this one run, and came back and started just sketching and, and drawing out the mechanics and everything. And, and then from there, spent probably a year on and off developing it and testing it and playing it four-player games by myself. <laughs> so you did all the art, all the, art, all the cards, all the research, wow. all the, yeah, everything. So could I use this to teach my 14-year-old anatomy? Uh, actually, yes, you, yes. you could. Um, I, you don't have to know anything, um, and you don't have to learn anything, but all the cards explain what the things are, uh, they explain what the organs do briefly, and, uh, and what the afflictions are. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Alright, so being from Junk Time Comics, one of our staples of every podcast is booze and book. Is what? Booze and a book. Oh, okay. We take booze, we pair it with a book. Okay. So, if you could pair anything with this book, or this book, or this, I mean, the heart and brain, what would it be? Um, well, I think uh, it probably goes good with some wine, but personally I would probably have a, a, a two-hearted IPA. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that, that worked. Two-hearted, heart and brain, that totally works. Yeah. Since it's a Michigan beer, I so think I'm it, always down with yeah, that. Yeah, it's my favorite. Um, Alright, well, where are you guys next? What are you doing this year? What's uh, up? I don't know. What are we doing? Any, are we doing anything else? <laughs> um, <laughs> This, I'm local, so... Okay. Uh, Are you guys going to be in Grand Rapids this year? I don't think so. No? Uh, I don't think so. I think we missed the deadline on that one. I, I'll probably be at New York Comic Con okay. next. Okay. And are you, so you're obviously working on stuff new all the time because you put out, is it weekly? Uh, I do comics just as often as I can. Okay. You know, sometimes that's five days a week, sometimes it's one. Okay. And, uh, but we have, uh, my third book comes out this October. Uh, which is heart and brain body language. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's going to be in stores. Can they find it online? Both, yeah. Yeah, yeah it'll be in you know, Barnes & Noble and indie stores, all, awesome. all the usual places. Okay, and then if they, listeners, want to find you online to check out your stuff, where do they go? Uh, you could look for The Awkward Yeti or Heart and Brain, and you'll find it on Google or social media. It's very easy to find. Perfect. All right, well, thanks for chatting with me. Thank you. It's been great. And I hope you guys have a good rest of the con. Thanks, you too. Thanks. I really uh, grossed myself out drawing that. Did you? Yeah. More with the, uh, more with, like, the, the wormholes in her brain than with the, uh, the severed wiener. Really? Well, that's exactly what a severed wiener looks like. You did research on this. Oh, yeah. I feel like you're not recording, are you? Oh, yes, I oh. am. <laughs> I, I really, uh, I really got, got all up into, uh, doing real medical research on what all sorts of gross stuff looks like in that book. So is this one of those situations where you're doing the research online and you hope like they don't suspect you of like a murder or something? Uh, <laughs> it never really occurred to me to worry about that and uh, you know it's way too late now. Yeah. <laughs> you can't erase that history from yeah. the internet. Well we are with Chris Burnham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and right now we're talking about Nameless. Yes. Which was written by Grant Morrison whose mind is twisted. But you added the art to this twisted book. Yay! And I think you made it more twisted. I don't know how you can make Grant Morrison more twisted. Well, it's we <laughs> we kind of turned it into a contest almost. Like he would he would come up with something demented, and I was not about to ever let him have the worst idea in the book. So I'd have to, <laughs> you know, try and one up him, and then for the next issue, he'd you know see if he could stick it to me. Yeah. 
So what's your favorite gross thing that you drew in this book? Uh, I really, that, uh, let's see, that crowbar uh, scene at the end, I think we really saved the grossest scene in the book for the last issue. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't particularly know that that was coming, so it just worked out that the grossest thing I drew was the big climax of it. So we, we totally nailed it. <laughs> and that way, and that's, that's one thing where I did a search for that, and I was like, please, God, don't let this be an actual thing because it's going to totally gross me out. <laughs> and thankfully, that's not particularly realistic. So that that doesn't seem to have ever happened. You couldn't find reference yeah. pictures for this on the internet. Yeah, could not find a reference of a claw hammer ripping off a dude's <laughs> the front of a dude's skull. Thank God. Uh, but yeah, so that, that's that, that's a big uh, bummer for me in a lot of horror movies. I feel like they they blow their wad, so to speak. Uh, you know, early on, and then by the time you get to the last reel. There's no more gore left, and when they kill the bad guy, it's, it's just like, eh, and then they get him. It's like, I feel like you gotta, the grossest thing in the movie has to be the last thing you see. Like, Friday the 13th, 4, Jason gets that awesome machete to the head, and then he falls on the ground and <laughs> slides. I mean, they saved the best for last. Yeah. Now, one of the things that, because um, when Linz was talking about this on our show, uh, I fell in love with just the, I don't know what you'd call it, the, the, hieroglyphics like those oh, yeah. small things and I look for meaning in Illuminati or something like that and stuff which that kind of drew me into the book but then the gore stuff was like that wasn't what I was expecting. It's amazing <laughs> and what kind of headspace do you have to get into to come up with that imagery? Uh, I mean a horrible one? I mean <laughs> we, we were definitely uh, going down horrible rabbit holes on the internet of just you know, I, I've, got a, I've got a folder on my des desktop called horrible shit <laughs> and I would just, I, I'm a, a I've, I've kind of eased off it a little bit, but I used to go on a Reddit uh, slash WTF, and the site is kind of changed. Like, it used to be, like, a lot of gore, then a lot of, you know, weird memes and just, like, horrible Chinese car accidents and stuff like that. And the gore has kind of migrated away from the site, and now it's just, like, it's Russian dash cam videos and horrible accidents in China is basically all that's on WTF anymore. <laughs> and so I don't know, I don't know where the gore went, and I'm kind of... There's there's the watch people die subreddit, but I can't quite handle that one. That's a little too it's a little too dark. I, I don't. I feel like anything that you've drawn in this book was worse than anything. <laughs> Maybe I don't. There's something there's something really morbid about just like oh here's a kid walking cr walking across the street oh he got hit by a bus like I don't I don't need I don't need to believe that the world is that horrible. That's true. So how'd you get uh, put on this project? Uh, Grant and I when we were about. Before we'd done any Batman, I think we'd, we'd done the first seven pages of Batman, he invited me back uh, to, do a, to do Batman Inc. Uh, on a regular basis. He said, hey, how about you do a run on Batman Inc. and then we'll, you know, do a create-our-own book. And I can't remember if he said make a million dollars or sell it as a movie or something. Neither has happened quite yet. Uh, this would be a hard movie to make. Yeah. Although there's, there is there is moving. A script has been written. I don't know oh. if I can say that. I don't, well, I, I'm, not, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you who, who has written it. Someone did. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we knew right off the bat we wanted to do something together, and uh, I think it was either right as we were about to finish Batman or right after we met at uh, San Diego and had a, a nice long lunch at the Wired Lounge, and he pitched me like you know five or six ideas, and uh, we we initially settled on one, but it was going to be like. It was going to be like a 30-issue epic, and neither of us were quite mentally up to that. So we uh, we kind of combined two of his smaller ideas together. It's just like, look, we kind of John Constantine meets Indiana Jones yep. in space meets Event Horizon or whatever. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, so we we decided to do that, and uh, we, we were off and running. Nice. Const right. Constantine, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about this other thing you have at your table here, Officer Down movie yeah man it's crazy based on a graphic novel that you did how awesome is that how are you feeling about that now it feels real like I, I mean I, when I was on set watching it it still didn't feel real when I saw it you know, at the you know, premiere it didn't quite feel real and on Netflix well, I don't know but now <laughs> now that I've got a stack of the blu-rays on my on my desk it's like oh this is a real thing this this actually happened this was this was not a dream this could not be you know Taken well, like even after the movie was filmed, oh maybe this won't get released. But like, no, this is 
this is a real thing. It's on Netflix and Blu-ray, and you can get it in Redbox. Like, it's everywhere. It's crazy. Now, one of the things I like to, to, to ask artists is where they got started. Like, a young age, where you just doodling in class? Yeah, my... Basically, my first memory in my life. Well, other than other than like meeting my newborn brother, or whatever. My first memory is drawing the Hulk as a kid. So I've I was the the, the drawing the the kid who was good at drawing from the, you know as early as preschool or whatever. And then what got you into the mainstream comic book world? Uh, well, the the I was working for a theater company uh, in Chicago, and I we made a, a little Ashcan comic book called Valentine. That was supposed to be promotional like a promo comic for an upcoming play but that didn't make any sense but uh as a promotional tool for hiring me as a comic book artist it worked great and uh i i, I got uh my, my first gig i got through, uh, on that was on moonstone like they're they're a small uh, horror publisher in uh, chicago so i started to get moonstone work which kind of led to uh the Elephant Men, and that's how I got hooked up with Joe Casey because he was working with Richard Starkings on a book called Godland, and so he uh, asked if I'd want to do a graphic novel, which was Nixon's Pals, which is awesome. It's about a parole officer for supervillains. You can get it on Amazon. It's amazing. So that good. Sound amazing. It's <laughs> one one of my it was it was like the one of my first big giant projects, and uh, that's what started. Like, I got you know X Men gigs because of that, and that one still looking back, that comic is fucking rad I love it it's super nice. good have you ever like come up with your own like because obviously writing and, and art is two separate beasts mm -hmm. and some artists can't write or and some right. writers can't, can't draw yeah have you ever written out a full story something that you want to I've got I've, I've, I've you know, written a couple things that have been published and I, I've you know, written and drawn like eight pages or something uh, of, of Batman that got published it, it's definitely something I'd like to do at some point but I, I don't really quite have the headspace for it at the moment. The, it, when I keep getting offered, you know, to work with famous writers who are going to pay me <laughs> actual actual good money, it, it's uh, it's a little hard to uh, you know to you know bet on myself when uh, you know Grant Morrison wants to work with right. me. Right, makes sense. Hopefully, at some point, I'll get around to it. But uh, I don't know. I'm not do I'm not doing it at the moment either. <laughs> at some point. All right. So. Our podcast is called Drunk on Comics. Drunk on Comics. Yes, because we like to drink and we love comics. Love it. And one of the questions, we always have a booze and a book on uh -huh. our podcast. So one of the questions we like to ask all the people we interview is if you could pair your book with any drink, oh, shit. what would it be? Oh, I know the exact answer. All right, so you would want to pair uh, Nameless with a, a Bloody Brains shot. Okay. Do you know Bloody Brains? No. It is, I believe it's a peach schnapps and then you pour in a, a Baileys or some sort of like a cream. And so it'll, the Baileys will kind of coagulate and it definitely looks like a brain in a jar, like from an old Hammer movie. And then you like splash in a little, and you gotta be sure not to stir it. You just gotta like pour it in and it'll coagulate up real gross. And then you dab in a little grenadine and it looks like a bloody brain. Oh my God, that's perfect. It's awesome. Yeah. The last time I tried it, they might've switched the, uh, they might have switched the recipe for peach knobs or something, so it never quite worked. But I've done it, you know, a dozen times, and it's always worked, except for the last time I tried it. But uh, awesome. bloody brains, it's awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you, Chris, for letting us chat with you. My pleasure. All right, listen. Um, for those of you that are actually listening to the end of the show, uh, I love. This is Dirk Manning, by the way. I love the the drunk on comics crew uh i was actually i was actually one of the first ones earliest interviews on their show and uh actually i was like the first one to ever get them on skype so this is uh i i love these guys that being said i don't know what the hell was going on with that interview earlier i don't know if they were trying to bust my balls or what but here's the thing i got a lot of new books coming out i'm really excited uh, Nightmare World Volume 4 is out, and Tony, I don't know, he seemed like he was on drugs or something. I don't know, he had like low blood sugar, I don't get it. And Lynn's was like, I don't even know what, where she was at. I mean, she's just hanging all over Tony and stuff. I, I don't know, I mean, maybe Tony's feeding Lynn's drugs. I, I don't know. But here's the thing, real quick, I actually managed to steal the mic for a minute. They ran off to the restroom. These are my friends. They dropped off their stuff. So hopefully this is going to get into the interview somehow, tagged on here. I'm hoping that they don't notice and they let the tape run. 
Nightmare World Volume 4 is out. It is the culmination of the Nightmare World series. I've been talking about Nightmare World on this show for years. Volume 4 is now out. It is not out in stores yet, but if you see me to show, you can get it. Tales of Mystery Volume 3 is out. Probably the book I am most proud of right now. It ties uh, Tales of Mystery into the Nightmare World universe, fully integrates it, really awesome. Love Stories to Die For. Five full-length issues, each written by me, drawn by different artists to art team. Standalone, 22-page, dark love stories. These were the stories that were too big to tell in Nightmare World, and I think i got to hurry up here real quick. A couple of the quick things. Uh, you may have heard a Twisted comic is coming out. Real quick, it's true. The Twisted comic is coming, and I'm writing it, and there's going to be a lot of it. First issue soon. i got to go, so uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and sorry about that awkwardness. Bye.